I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 151 is the time. We're continuing to follow, and I've got uh, television screens uh, with a number of different helicopter camera angles, all trained on the vehicle of Tiger Woods. It uh, is a, a silver vehicle, appears to be an SUV, difficult to identify, though, as it's uh, pretty banged up pretty good. Tiger Woods, the news today, involved in a single-person rollover car accident, that according to L.A. County Sheriff's Department. And uh, soon there may be updates coming from the department, and we will bring those to you as they become available. Uh, Very little is known thus far. Uh, In uh, Ranchos, Palos Verdes in California, uh, this vehicle, uh, as reported by the Sheriff's Department, operated by Tiger Woods, uh, left the road, tumbled for a time, ultimately coming to a rest on the driver's side, uh, passenger side up in the air. And it required the jaws of life to extricate uh, Mr. Woods from that vehicle. And according to his agent, it's been reported by multiple outlets, Golf Digest, uh, Fox News, and others, ESPN included, that uh, Tiger Woods has suffered multiple leg injuries and is currently in surgery following the event. The only update thus far I have to bring you is that uh, it appears an investigation of the scene itself has uh, commenced in earnest. A a moment ago, I saw a trio of law enforcement officers uh, standing uh, around the vehicle in question with uh, one of those big measuring tapes. They were measuring uh, different angles. They were measuring the ground uh, and different uh, aspects of the vehicle itself. Uh, I, you know, a smarter mind would know the information they were gathering there. Uh, I unfortunately don't. If if you have a a sense of that, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We'll continue to follow that story as it develops. Right now, though, I want to talk to you uh, for just a a brief moment about uh, something that, you know, has developed over uh, this past year. And it is the uh, idea of relief payments and uh, taxpayer funds being directed towards, uh, you know, either direct or indirect relief for American families and businesses. That uh, there's right now a nearly two trillion dollar piece of legislation that's being uh, bounced around back and forth. I believe its next stop is the United States Senate. Uh, But there are still proposals uh, being debated and proposed uh, by other individuals. And if you make your way to Deseret.com right now, there is an opinion piece that uh, approaches a trio of these uh, potential solutions in a fascinating way. Uh, each of the different, each of the different solutions uh, assigned to a different writer who uh, describes it, makes a case for it, and one of them, one of the one of the proposals, uh, caught my attention. Uh, at, certainly outside the box thinking. Um, and uh, something I'd like to discuss uh, a little bit more. And joining me now is the author of this portion of the uh, article, Samuel Benson of the Deseret News, opinion writer there. Sam, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Lee. Thank you for having me. So you, you in this article, you defend uh, a piece of uh, legislation, or at least a proposal, from uh, Democratic Senator Cory Booker, uh, affectionately called Baby Bonds. Would you describe that for us? 
Absolutely. So the, the kind of the main idea of the Baby Bonds program or the Baby Bonds initiative would be paying babies or paying families. And what, he, what I mean by that is the idea, the proposal is that every time a newborn baby is born in the United States, um, that family or that baby would be assigned a savings account with $1,000 um, in the Treasury. And every year as that baby ages, that account will be added $2,000 or up to $2,000 based on the income and net wealth of the family. Um, so a child from a really wealthy family probably won't get much of that account. A family from a really a family with a really low socioeconomic status would get up to $2,000 per year. That would happen annually until they turn 18. When they turn 18, they can have up to a nice nest egg north of $48,000, um, including inflation. And and then their opportunity at that point is is to spend on very certain things that the government would mandate, being buying a home, uh, pursuing an education, starting a business, or savings. Um, so it provides an opportunity for people from lower socioeconomic statuses um, to kind of get a head start in our capitalist society. Is this, a, is this a proposal that comes as a result of the financial hardship our nation has faced in the midst of the coronavirus, or is this something much larger altogether? Much larger. Senator Booker first proposed this during his first Senate run back in 2014. Ah. Um, so this has been on the table with Senator Booker for a long time. But the idea of, of paying individuals when they reach adulthood um, has been around for centuries. I mean, Thomas Paine, um, back in, in the 18th century, in 1797, proposed a similar program, paying 21-year-olds what it was at the time, I think. I can't remember how many pounds it was. Um, but the same idea of giving people when they reach adulthood a little bit of, of, of equity, of capital, to get started as they, as they launch their careers and their lives. And it would be different. Uh, the, the amount of money put into these respective baby bonds accounts would vary based on the, the income or net worth of the parent. Yeah, that's correct. So a child that's from a, a very wealthy family probably isn't going to get much into their bank account. Um, but somebody that is coming from a lower, lower a family with a lower income, a lower socioeconomic status can get up to $1,000 per year. And so one of the side effects, not a main purpose, but a side effect of it is it, it can help to shrink the racial wealth gap. I mean, Cory Booker has been a proponent of reparations for the descendants of black slaves, which is such a controversial topic, such a controversial issue. Um, but this is an idea that's race neutral, right? It's means tested, meaning that it benefits people based on their status economically or that of their family. And it's worth noting as well that the, the parents can't touch this, this account. They can't touch the savings account until the kid turns 18. And the kid can't touch it until they say, all right, I'm using it for X purpose. One of those four purposes I mentioned be it you know, an education or buying a home or whatever, and they can move forward with a little bit of a boost uh, getting into their adult life. Hmm. Uh, how about those who say this is nothing but redistribution of wealth and that's not an American ideal, and why, why would we support something like this? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely a, a tough topic. You, you get into the ideas of class warfare or whatnot. I think the idea here is, is how is it funded? And I talked to Ian Rowe, who's from the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative think tank in Washington, um, and he's a huge proponent of this, but he says the issue is figuring out how we pay for it. If if we end up hiking up taxes for wealthier families, then it's nothing more what you said of a redistribution of wealth. But if we find a way to restructure old programs, consolidate tax benefits, like Senator Romney's Family Security Act that he proposed earlier this month, and it's reusing money that's already being consolidated for other purposes to benefit these families, um, it's definitely a reasonable proposal. It doesn't add to the federal deficit. It's about one-tenth of the annual cost of Social Security. Um, and it's something that I think fiscally conservative, uh, fiscal conservatives could get behind 
um, if they read what Ian Rowe and others are saying. All right. Fascinating. Listen, I could talk to you all afternoon about this, a fascinating topic, plus all the other proposals that are out there. Uh, but our time has expired. Sam Benson with the Deseret News, opinion writer there. Thank you so much for explaining this to us uh, and your work at the paper. Yeah, thank you, Lee. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return uh, after the newscast, I'm going to bring to you the top two stories at 2 o'clock. Those top two stories that I think might fit well in the discussion around your kitchen table. That's coming up after the break here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.